0: And the readings from Revelation chapter 5, verses 6 to 14. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the world. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty four elders fell down before a lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and in a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor, and glory, and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and on the sea, and all that is in them, singing, To him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb, be praise, and honor, and glory, and power, for ever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped.
1: Okay, now I wanted to talk to you today just a little bit about singing. Did you know that the first words spoken by a human being in the Bible are actually a song? Uh, It's a song of Adam, inspired by the sight of his wife Eve, and Adam sings about how she has created a whole new reality for him, a new experience of life and a new relationship. And so Adam sings and says, she is now part of who I am, he says, and that he will cling to her for all her life. So in in some ways, the, the human story begins with a love song. And in fact, those within those first chapters of Genesis, Adam is really joining in the wider song of the universe because creation itself is birthed in poetry and song. Uh, The Hebrew of Genesis 1 is full of musical qualities, poetry and rhythm and and lyrical beauty as as the universe comes into being. Uh, Later on in the book of Job, God asks, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Uh, If you've read C.S. Lewis's Narnia books, Perhaps you'll remember in The Magician's Nephew, where C.S. Lewis imagined the universe being sung into being by Aslan. Uh, I think a bit like Christ bringing the creation into existence through song. So, for the Bible, uh, creation itself and everything in it is shot through with song and always has been. Uh, It's as if prose alone is not enough to explain and describe. Uh, the glory that has flowed into existence from God and his grace. But as the Bible progresses, actually, God's, many of God's other works are also seen in musical terms. God's work of salvation, redemption, is, is again and again accompanied by song or it gives rise to song from those who are saved. So when the Israelites were rescued from slavery in Egypt, uh, the very first thing they do when they've crossed the Red Sea and been saved is sing uh, the song of Moses and Miriam, as we call it, in Exodus 15. Uh, the rescued Israelites burst into song about what God had done for them, accompanied by those, the tambourines, we're told, and, and much dancing. And actually, as time goes on, Israel's subsequent life and, and worship was always infused with music and song, both on the big special occasions, you know, the big festivals where they all gathered or at the temple. There was always music there. But also, I think, in, every, in the everyday life of, that we see in many of the psalms, for example, that they composed uh, psalms and songs which expressed in varied and rich ways, both the ups and the downs of the life of faith. And so I guess the point is that song was never seen as trivial, In the Bible, you know, yes, it could be full of fun, absolutely full of celebration and dancing, but it was always significant. Music was always significant and always valued. And this is why actually later on in the Old Testament, when the Israelites later on were taken away into exile, it's almost like they were returning to, to slavery again. They sang a song, but it was a song about how they hung up their musical instruments and were not able to sing the salvation songs that they were famous for. Their enemies urged them to, but they just couldn't. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and we wept. We hung up our harps, and our captors asked for songs of joy. But how can we sing the Lord's songs in a strange land? So in their grief as well, not just in the joys, but in the grief, there was a song. There was a song there in that psalm about not being able to sing In the old way but then into that very situation came the voice of the prophets and the prophets almost invariably wrote in poetry in verse and they began to speak or perhaps we might say sing of a coming day uh, when the sound of joyful singing would again be heard in the streets they said and how the Lord will put a new song they said into your mouths a new song that had taken on board of course everything that they'd been through, uh, uh, but a new song now that also expressed their hope for the future, uh, a new beginning that God had brought them. Now, perhaps we've experienced something of that this past year. Our songs, even the old ones that we sing, will now be filled, I think, with a new awareness of what has passed and of uh, of what we reach ahead for and what matters to us most that we've learned this past year. And, and that's important for us. Music is so important for us. Whether we're good, we've are good, we got a good voice or not, it doesn't matter. Music is a gift to us all from God. And it enables us to express the heights and depths of this life that we live in a way, I think, that only art really can. Uh, sometimes only music can begin to express the inexpressible. Now, that motif of God's new song that God puts in our mouths, that continues on through the Bible into the New Testament. Uh, it speaks of uh, the renewal that God brings, the transformation of life that the, that the grace of God brings to us. The prophet Isaiah actually saw this new song as eventually extending out to all of creation when the Messiah came. In Isaiah 55, he, he spoke of the mountains and the hills will burst out into singing before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands because God was sending the Messiah, his son Jesus. So that song of praise that we sing is ultimately destined to be the song of all creation by the grace of God. Uh, The Apostle Paul in Romans 8 said that the creation itself is kind of looking ahead on tiptoes, straining onwards towards the redemption that God brings. And we're part of that straining ahead, longing for that day. And our song, I think, is part of that. Coming, so in the New Testament, when Mary is told that the child Jesus will be born to her, the, the Messiah, she sings the famous Magnificat. And it's a song about how God has not forgotten his mercy and is turning things around Uh, So that the future, Mary says, will be one of salvation and life and blessing. A future where old power structures will be undone by the mercy of God through Jesus. And of course, when Jesus is born, the angels join that song as well. Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards mankind, for unto you a saviour has been born and I I think our Christmas carols each year join in with that song, year upon year. Later on, as Jesus anticipated going to the cross, where he died for us and for our sin, we're told that he and his disciples went and sang on the Mount of Olives. And after Jesus had risen from the dead, the New Testament later on records some poetry that, uh, that was composed later on about Jesus, as they reflected upon how he had died and risen again and was reigning as Lord. The famous passage that's been mentioned this morning, Philippians 2, uh, it's poetry um, about how Christ, being God, nevertheless became human, became a servant, died for us on the cross, and therefore God has exalted him to the highest place and has given him a name above every name, so that every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And then at the end of the Bible, of course, we have the book of Revelation, which is full of songs. The songs are sung by those who surround God and surround the Lamb Jesus Christ, praising him for his salvation. Chapter 5 of Revelation, or chapter 14, mention the new song, that new song again, given by God. And in the, in the book of Revelation, the new song is being sung by thousands upon thousands beyond number, as they worship God and the Lamb, Jesus, who has saved them. And uh, every creature, we're told, in heaven and earth, sings to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honour and glory and power for ever and ever. And really, the gospel, the New Testament, and, and the gospel message that comes from Jesus to us is calling us now in our lives to join in that song already of praise to Jesus, our Saviour. And it encourages us to do that ourselves to God and the New Testament encourages us to speak to each other in psalms and and songs and uh, hymns and spiritual songs. And I just want to close by reminding you that actually God himself is part of that singing too. He sings to us as we sing to him. One of my favourite verses in the Bible is in Zephaniah 3, where we're told, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will make you new with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. God sings of you because he delights in you and he saves you and he loves you and he rejoices over us with singing. So as we've joined our voices together to sing today, which has been so lovely, Let's remember what we've learned over these past months and year when we haven't been able to sing together. Let's remember what a special gift music is from God and what a gift it is to come together to sing. Let's remember the uniqueness of, of, of song in enabling us to express our hearts in ways that we can't in other ways. And, and the arts do that. Painting does it. Music does it. All sorts of arts are ways that God has given us of expressing the inexpressible. Let's remember how as well when we think of our songs as Christians and as churches, our song of Christ is actually propelling us forward like those prophets who encouraged the Israelites to look ahead to the Messiah. We too, our song propels us forward expressing our hope in God. When we sing the Lord's songs, remember that we anticipate the song of all creation, the hills and the trees and the mountains and the fields burst into singing with us. We're anticipating the fullness of redemption that Jesus will bring about one day. And that's why we sing. We sing towards something as we sing to someone who is the king. And let's remember that that king, Jesus, is at the centre of all our songs as a church and that wonderfully God even seems to sing back to us with joy as we praise him. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He makes you new with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing, amen.